As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Crawford Talks. I'm Jake Kaplan, joined by Mike Meltzer. Mike, we are here to preview another another uh, postseason series for the 2020 Astros. After sweeping the Twins last week, they they drew the, the A's, which we did not know about in our last episode, but we do now. Uh, A's beating the White Sox in three games. Uh, the third game was Thursday. And then the teams have these weird three, four off days in a row where MLB just completely drains out all the momentum it had. Fun times, right? Yeah, it's weird. And I didn't realize this. I don't think I fully realized this when the postseason schedule came out like a month ago, but I was under the impression without looking at the schedule, my thought was, okay, they're not going to have any off days between the first round series and the DS series because they must just be needing to squeeze in as many games as possible. Then we got to next week, last week, I should say, and I'm like, well, wait a second. They're just taking three or four days completely off. And now you're having these teams play five games, five days in a row, possibly with games four and game five. To me, I I almost feel like that's a competitive disadvantage uh, for either or both teams in that if you ask them, I'm sure they'd rather have one or two days off and then get right back at it in order to not have to, you know, use bullpens and pitchers five days in a row. Yeah, I think players would rather have one or two days rather than three or four days. I think um, fans would rather have one or two days rather than three or four days. I don't really understand logistically how it makes sense. It's just more days on the road for all these guys. Um, like the Astros stayed in Minneapolis, uh, on when was game, game two was Wednesday. They stayed in Minneapolis Wednesday night, uh, had Thursday off where they, I guess they can just like hang out in their hotel rooms and then worked out at target field on Friday and flew to LA on Friday night. It's just like a strange, like to see the team working out at the previous site before it goes to the next one is just that feels whole, that feels yeah. Jake like that that's adding insult to injury right there. <laughs> that's like if I were a Twins fan waking up Friday, I'm like, oh god, the Astros walking, are still working out here. They're still here. You're walking downtown. You're walking downtown. You just happen to like walk by Target Field. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then now, now they're all in this quote-unquote bubble in. 
the four, I'm not sure if the NL teams are in their bubble yet, but the AL teams are in, you know, the Astros and A's are in one hotel in the LA area, and then the Yankees and Rays are in one hotel in the San Diego area, and my understanding is MLB just like rented out these two hotels for only them, and yes, so I guess that does kind of make it a bubble, but um, I think I think it I think it does in a way in that it's yeah I mean I'm I'm not an epidemiologist but I guess basically the only travel is from hotel to ballpark and back and that's it for these next couple of weeks yeah but like in terms of the off days like I don't know if they were built those in in case of an outbreak or in case of weather yeah, I don't know. or both but definitely um, it's just weird because like I felt like MLB had an amazing week last week and then you just I like, agree go off TV for three straight days well that's um, that's the weird part like I feel like people got into it especially with the Padres and how exciting they were and even a lot of skeptics that you know the old school baseball people who I follow who are not a huge fan of the expanded postseason and I am I'm not an old school person but I wasn't a huge fan of for this season it's fine but not long term to go to 16 games. But I think a lot of us enjoyed having so many games on. And as you mentioned a few minutes ago, it kind of kills your momentum having three, four full days off. And then it's like, Monday, we're back. And I guess you could argue, well, they're trying to not compete against football, but it's not like football goes away during the week, especially on Monday and Thursday nights. And that's never been an issue in the past, or maybe it's been an issue, but not something that's determined their scheduling. So yes, I, I don't really know what it was exactly. Um, but anyway, that part of it's pretty much over. Uh, Monday afternoon, Astros and A's game one. Um, obviously, these two teams, very familiar with each other, uh, have never played in the playoffs before. But, you know, they've really been the two best teams in the AL West since 2018 um, and have battled it out for the division ever since then. This year, the A's won the season series 7-3 to with the Astros um, winning only three seven inning games they did not win a single nine inning game against the a's and Good point. the a's law outscored the astros 38 25 in those games honestly i don't know if any of that like i don't know if any of the outcomes matter i think specific matchups and advantages gleaned from those match from those games might matter but in terms of like when you're projecting and predicting a playoff series um i, I look at more the the individual matchups pitcher on batter from those games rather than the seven to three or the 38 to 25 numbers. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. I mean, 10 games gives you a decent sample size, especially out of, uh, out of only 60 and they, they nearly got swept twice. I mean, they got swept on in what that second weekend of the season, whatever it was when they went to Oakland, lost that first game in 13 innings, which was kind of a heartbreaker. And then they had that, uh, epically long, you know, five game series. Uh, it was a five games. Yes. Which felt epically long. And they only salvaged the, the second game of that, which as you mentioned was a doubleheader. I mean, anybody who watched those games, most of them played in Oakland, had the feeling that the Astros hitters were just not producing against the A's pitching, particularly their bullpen. And that is going to be a massive factor this week in terms of who wins the ALDS. I think that's the key to the series is the Astros hitters versus the A's relievers. And in, in when I say A's relievers, I also mean whichever starters they end up using out of the bullpen. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Astros were one of the worst hitting teams against bullpens in 2020. They were 26th in OPS. And the A's have a top three or four bullpen in the majors. And um, you could really, they have like five core guys. You look at their closer, Liam Hendricks, who uh, is a free agent to be, which is noteworthy for uh, given the Astros need a reliever. So watch that one. 
and also Jake Diekman, the lefty, who infam- infamously Dusty Baker pinch hit Kyle Tucker with Abraham Toro for against. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then right. they have the, these three like middle relief types in, in Soria, Wendelkin, and Petit. And, um, you know, and they might use some of their starters like like Mike Miner or even Jesus Lazardo. I can't say Lazardo. I say it wrong every time. Jesus Lazardo out of the pen. So they have a really deep group out there. And so I, I think that makes it really imperative for um, the Astros to score against the A's starter, number one, but also just like to, you know, if they don't do better against the A's bullpen than they did in the regular season, they're going to have trouble. They will have trouble. And we saw them in game one and game two against Minnesota be able to break through a couple times against Twins relievers, which could be a good sign. Small sample size plus throw in the fact that a lot of that is based on I don't think Jorge Polanco a, plays for the A's. Yeah, that's the thing. If the A's play good defense, then they won't replicate that. And in direct contrast to what we saw last week, and I mentioned it in Thursday's episode, the Astros, their strengths, the ones they have, are highlighted in a best of three when they can use their starting pitching. That will not be the case this week. I mean, they can use Christian Javier to help out sometimes against right-handed batters, which I'm sure we'll see, but they're going to need to rely on their starters somehow being better than the A's starters. They're going to need to rely on their bullpen and the guys we didn't see a lot of last week producing. And at some point, this lineup is going to need to produce for the, for this team to win a best of five against a team as good as the A's, who frankly, these last two plus months have been better than the Astros. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of uh, what we've been talking about for weeks, if not months, is the Astros offense, right? Um, you know, has the same names in it as usual, minus Jordan Alvarez, but just still never really broke out this season. Um, you know, now you add, you know, th- four off days where you're not facing, you know, in games, and then you have to come out and, and play. That's difficult for both teams. You know, they had three off days for their hitters. I think that it could suppress offense in the first two games of the series or so. Um you know, the Astros, and I'm assuming the A's did this too, had, you know, their bullpen guys and their taxi squad guys throwing to their hitters the last few days just so they see live live pitches and get live reps. But you can't really replicate the game game reps. And so uh, I think that could be a factor, at least early in the series, given, given the off days for both teams, both offenses. But, you know, the A's offense has performed slightly better than the Astros offense. And um, even without Matt Chapman, they have a lot of like good hitters who are really good at controlling the zone and just have really yep. good at bats. If you, I mean, I think the Astros had some good at bats in the last round too, but um, I don't know that Astros obviously have like the bigger names, but the A's, I wouldn't sleep on the A's lineup either. One of the things I give the A's a lot of credit for is they came back in game five to a, a game three, excuse me, to win the yeah. series on Thursday, right? Uh, they came back from 3 nothing down in that game, and I forget, I, I read it this weekend somewhere, but the A's had gone a long time without winning a, like a winner-take-all kind of matchup, and I always think that like you're down 3 nothing, Fires hadn't pitched well, Petit hadn't pitched well, and you have to respond at home, they were able to do that. So, like, on balance, the A's lineup is better, and from a natural standpoint, going back to the point about the days off, I'm sure that's not going to help things. Uh, one thing I do wonder is, how much of a factor is playing in Dodger Stadium versus playing in Oakland, where, for whatever reason, the Astros were completely not able to hit this season? Yeah, I think that helps both offenses. Um, I think the Dodger Stadium plays smaller, obviously, than the Coliseum. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not exactly a bandbox either. So I, 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I'm not exactly sure what to think there, but maybe it does help that the Astro for the Astros are not they don't have to face Lazardo in game one. I was thinking like how hard that would be to face ninety eight um out of the shoot after four off days. And Bassett's more of like a low nineties guy, uh works upper eighties with the cutter a lot. So I don't know. Ultimately it's gonna come down to, to like if he pitches well, the Astros are gonna have their work cut out for him. But um I don't know. I, I think it could. The series could be ebb and flow a little bit offensively as hitters get into more of a groove as the series progresses. Yeah, I, I kept thinking the last couple of days, Jake, that you know I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to make some unique point about the Astros' offense that I didn't make last Monday or or last Thursday. They scored seven runs between the two games in Minnesota, which is okay, but it's not great. Uh, Kyle Tucker came through. We saw Altuve come through with a walk. Brantley was was good. Um, but it's not, you know, we saw some power from Correa late in game two, which was which, which was nice to see. Maybe some quality at bats, but it's still, it, it's missing that the last time we really saw them play well offensively was uh, 10 days ago in that first game against Texas where they teed off against Lance Lynn. But other than that performance, like the offense hasn't, hasn't really produced. And I can sit here and I'll probably echo the same point I made last Monday, which is Altuve needs to start swinging better, but that hasn't happened the entire season. And I just don't know if that's all of a sudden going to change in this series. I think based on the names and the talent, it could, but I don't have evidence to suggest that it absolutely will. I think, I think if the games are close, they do have enough offensive talent to be able to come through with a big hit or two and win some games. Yeah, I have a feeling these are going to be close, low-scoring games. Um, I would think so, yeah. And when I say that, I'll, it'll probably be the opposite, and every game will be <laughs> 10 to 8. But It'll be Cleveland, New York. But I think it will be that way. You know, when you factor in that, you know, the Astros' strength is their rotation— the A's strength is their bullpen, and their rotation's not bad either. The off days for the hitters, I think, hurts the hitters more than the pitchers. And also, like, neither lineup is great. I mean, they're both, like, okay, um, with the A's probably having, like, more of the, the late-game heroics, at least lately. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to uh, see anything other than, a, like, low scoring, but... Um, I don't know. What would you make of the decision? You know, we haven't talked about the pitching matchups yet. Game one. Yeah, on that's Mon- a big one. Game one on Monday is, is Lance McCullers versus Chris Bassett. And game two is Framber Valdez versus Sean Manaya. Um, I was a little surprised that Jesus Lazardo wasn't starting one of the first two games for the A's. I was not surprised at the Astros decisions. I was. OK, so let me let me go here. So. When I look at it, I was a little surprised Manaya was starting game two. That mm-hmm. was my that was my initial thought when I looked at it. I know that Lazardo has been a bit up and down, and the last couple of outings have not been ideal for him. So maybe that factors in. I know he's pitched well uh, against the Astros this season. So that's that was kind of my initial thought. He had I think he pitched against the Astros twice this season. Yeah, I'm looking at it, and he pitched well, pretty well both times. So, so, so the, my initial take was I'm surprised Manaya was going in game two. The second thing was I thought about the McCullers-Valdez decision. Now, when you and I talked kind of previewing this on Thursday, my initial thought was for the pitch, because it's a best of five, where it's five games in a row, I would have thought having the chance to have Framber Valdez pitch game one 
because he can probably bounce back easier, probably made more sense. But this doesn't really bother me. I'm sure if they needed to in Game 5, you could have Lance McCullers off of three days rest, pitch maybe an inning or two if they needed to. And I would have lined it up this way. Most importantly... These are two guys who are pitching very well. And frankly, Zach Greinke should not have been starting game one or game two because he's not one of their two best pitchers right now. Yeah, he's maybe like their fourth best starter, at least the last few turns through. Um, Yeah, I think, well, first I'll start on the other side. I think for Mania with the A's, it was a little bit of the same thing with McCullers where Mania didn't pitch in the last series. And they didn't want it to go like super long between starts. I mean, it's already pretty long between yeah. starts, but like they just wanted to like he's going to start two or three. So why not start him two? Because two and three are, are kind of the same um, in in some in most respects. But on the Astros side, I I think you, you can make a good case that Valdez should go one and McCullers two. But, um, you know, I think keep an eye on Valdez's pitch count and innings count in game two. You know, does Dusty have a earlier hook on him kind of looking ahead to maybe a relief in game five behind McCullers. Cause I, I think if McCullers is on three days rest, he could still have a somewhat close to normal start in game five, but um, Valdez being in two days rest, you know, you would only have him for a really short span. I yeah. Think. That, that's one of those like desperation, all hands on deck situations. Well, wh- so why do you think, because ultimately I, I know similar to the Manaya decision, for the A's as far as a guy who was supposed to pitch in the first series who didn't pitch, you want to get him out there early. Why do you think the Astros went with Lance over Framber Valdez in game one? I think it's because like if you started Valdez in game one and McCullers in game two, you might not have McCullers in game five. But Valdez being the resilient rubber arm guy might there's an off chance to be able to give you something in game five after a game two. Um, ultimately, you know, if the series doesn't go five, it doesn't matter. All, all four yes. games or three games would be equal value starts. But I think also just the not having McCullers wait super long too. I think it's both of those things. But, um, you know, you also can't plan ahead too much because you can't assume it's going to go five. Yeah, that's that's the tricky thing about this is that there it's still the playoffs and there's still a ton of pressure on each pitch. But I can't imagine, especially game one, that it's going to be managed quite like game one was for any team, frankly, not just the Astros last week, because you do have to realize you're playing at least three games, possibly four. There are no days off. And so I think the approach is going to be. I would say a little bit more hands off, even though that's not kind of the spirit of what I, what I want to say. I, I think you get where I'm coming. Longer from leashes on it. for the starters. Yeah, longer leashes for the starters. I just think that it has to be that way. Yeah, but the issue is, like, say you let Valdez go 115 pitches, then you yes. probably don't have him in a game five. Right? Yeah, most likely. And and in a case where he goes 115, like you better hope, like last week, that, that contributes to a win. In that case, you'll take the trade off. But if you lose, then you're in big trouble. Right. Right. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, I assume Granky will be game three and Arcady game four, and then five you just leave as TBD. I'm not sure what yeah. the A's are going to do uh, rotation-wise. I think it truly does depend on does he use Lazardo in relief in one or two, which, you know, he they the last turn through the regular season rotation, they didn't start Lazardo. They threw him in relief just to kind of see what it was, which I thought was interesting. And then... Frankie Montas pitched in relief last round after like a rough end to his regular season, but he pitched yes. really well against the Astros in the regular season. Do you start him in game three? Uh, obviously, Mike Fires, I think, is probably the worst matchup of all of those. Not 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 anything to do with like the scandal stuff, but more just like he's hasn't been good this year. And and the fans, uh, they've Jake, seen a lot the of fans. Him. They want to see Mike Fires. They I are think asking you. They're begging you. Why can't they see Mike Fires starting one of these games? That's what that's what the populace. That's what they want to know. I mean, he might. I mean, I I think it would be <laughs> wiser for the A's to use him as more of a long man, but or like a yeah a couple inning reliever. But like, I mean, he hasn't had a good season, and he wasn't good the other day. He wasn't. He was giving up rockets everywhere. So like, I I don't <laughs> think it would. I yes. don't think it would be wise for them to like show too much Mike Fires, but he's, you know, he's probably going to pitch at some point unless it's like a three game series. Um, you know, and then there's Mike Miner who could pitch in relief. Who's had a bad season for the, mostly for the Rangers, but you know, he's yeah. pitched well against the Astros and he's a lefty. So there, it's going to be interesting to see how both managers really play it. Um, you know, but I, I ultimately what we said the other day is, is still going to be true. Dusty Baker is going to have to use his relievers more than he did in the last series. Yes. Do you, uh, when we look at the starting pitchers and what we expect them to be, do you, do you think either of these teams has a specific edge as far as starting pitching going in? I think the Astros have a deeper rotation. Um, I agree. I don't think, I think it's relatively even talent wise in the top two. Um, I think McCullers and Valdez have better stuff than the other guys, but like Bassett's been awesome this year. He's been really good. He, yeah. he throws like five or six pitches. He mixes, mixes them really well. Manaya hasn't been that good this year, but I mean, he's he's got a track record. He's thrown a no hitter. He's he's dominated against the Astros in the past. He's also had bad starts against the Astros in the past. Like you could see that one going either way. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're like, if I'm ranking these four starters, um, that's a. I think they're. It's all pretty close, right? Like it's I, all. Yeah, that would be boy. That that would be tough to rank these four. I'd like, probably pick Manaya fourth. Like, are but, we saying like for a franchise or for like one game? You know, uh, I would say for I would say right now it would have to be for one game. For to, one to game, be fair. I would probably say Bassett because he's yeah. been that good lately. I'd probably go Bassett, Valdez, McCullers, Manaya. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's but fair. but it is, it is it is very close. So either way, like uh, I don't th- I think the Astros. I, I completely agree that. You know, it's hard to figure out the A's right now with the Lazardo and Montas situations, exactly where they fit in. I will give the Astros the advantage if we're like lining up, you know, check mark this side, not a check mark the other side. I'll give them a, a slight check mark 
in the starting pitching, but the A's definitely have the deeper and better bullpen, uh, which leads to what you were mentioning about two minutes ago before I, I veered back off. Um, Dusty Baker is going to have to use his actual reliever. So uh, I know we did a whole episode on this about two months ago when things started off the season really poorly with how many injuries they had back there. What is the game plan? What is the game plan going to look like for Dusty as far as using his relievers? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously Christian Javier is going to be out there, right? Like that seems like a no brainer to give a few innings in, in one or two of the games. Um, Ryan Presley's the closer. It's pretty clear that Dusty's not going to leverage him earlier than the close, a save situation or a traditional closer situation based on yep. how he's used them. Um, you know, I think you Brooks Raley and Blake Taylor, you target them for Robbie Grossman, Tommy LaStella, Matt Olson. Um, you know, and, and you, you use Josh James and Anoli Paredes for the, you know, probably the, the bottom half of the lineup um, where you can and try to avoid everyone else. I mean, there's... We haven't seen the roster yet either. Um, we're typing this on, on Sunday night. Uh, maybe they add Luis Garcia. I think that would be wise, given how he pitched against that's, how, how well he pitched against them. Um, yeah, that's that's what I would that's what I would do, and I would take out Chaz McCormick because I don't I wouldn't think that he plays a role in this kind of series. Yeah, or Mayfield or Toro or whoever. Jack Mayfield. Yeah, like there's yeah. plenty of opportunities there to take take one of them away. Um, yes. Yeah. So I, I think it's it's really gonna. Yeah, I think Dusty Baker's definitely going to have to use Raleigh and Taylor, and I think he'll have to use James and Paredes. And it's, you know, we'll see which versions of them they get and who executes. I think um, the left left on left matchups will be interesting because Grossman has crushed the Astros this year. Olsen has really struggled lately. Um, and Tommy Lastella seems to just be like a constant thorn in everyone's side all the time. <laughs> yeah, so. he, yeah, he, he does seem like one of those thorny, you want to acquire him if you're building up for a, a playoff stretch run like the A's have. Yeah, I don't I don't know if we'll see much Tony Kemp. Um, oh, they have Jake Lamb, too, in place of Chapman in the games against righties, I think. So yes. that's another lefty. So like they're pretty balanced, and I think that's going to pose some challenges to Dusty Baker and he might have to, I mean, obviously the A's don't have Nelson Cruz, but he might find himself in positions where he has to use Brooks Raley or Blake Taylor in a pocket where there's a right-handed in the middle of two lefties. Um, and that, you know, you're taking a risk there. All right, let's do this. Uh, similar to our ranking of the pitchers, how would you rank the Astros options, their high leverage relievers in the bullpen. If we had to like rank them one to four or one to five, what if you were the manager, what would your trust level be in these guys? Outside of Presley? Yeah, outside of Presley, because he's obviously gonna be the closer. So you're gonna you're gonna sink or sink or swim with him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like let's say that there's you're it's a three batter pocket where there's both lefties and righties. Yes. Um, yeah, let's go with that. One one to five, including Javier. Yes. I would probably have Javier one. Um, Agreed. Rayleigh two. Taylor three. Hmm. James and Paredes is tough because Paredes hasn't been that good lately. And also, not great lately. Also, yeah. hasn't like we haven't seen him in a while, but we haven't seen James in a while either. Um, yes. I would go James, then Paredes, because James has okay. pitched in the playoffs before. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, people forget, you know, James got big outs for them in the World Series last year. This is this is, this is the kind of stuff that, that gets forgotten when you lose a series. Um, I agree with you on Javier because he's got good stuff and he's a starting pitcher. So you would obviously, you would pick him over the other guys unless one was really good. Unless, um, unless they, they add Humberto Castellanos to the roster, then we might have In a that case, we got to go. <laughs> yeah, he's got to, exactly. I got it this time. I, I was on it. <laughs> I'm, so, I agree with you on Javier one. Javier won. Uh, hmm. that, that second one is tough for me because I still feel like it's smoke and mirrors with Brooks Raley, who has been a nice pickup for James Click after he was in Korea or wherever he was. Um, yeah, it's all the, it's the cutters and sliders. He's not a hard thrower, but he's, he's yeah. getting, he gets lefties out. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct TV satellite free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get direct TV. What's little birdie? What's it, Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream direct TV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next, you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream direct TV without a satellite dish. Visit directtv.com. High speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You know what? I'll go. I'll have to go two Rayleigh. Um, yeah, I'll go three Blake Taylor, four Paredes, and and five James. Okay. And for me, there's when I go through this exercise, there's a real drop off from Javier to everybody else. Yeah, I think ultimately uh, you'd prefer uh, Soria, Wendelkin, and Petit. Yeah. Right. I'd prefer. I'd prefer. You know, Will Harris and Joe Smith. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is what I would prefer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be. I'm. Like like you mentioned, you teased the last round that you were curious to see what we how we judged Dusty's bullpen management. We didn't really get to see it uh, outside of the yeah. Now now we'll get to see it. Now we'll yeah. get to see some interesting decisions made. Yeah yeah. So yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be fun. Um, you know, I I think I think this is an even a relatively evenly matched series. I think it's winnable for both sides, and I think it's gonna be like I said, low scoring, close games. Um. Yeah, it's and I think the other AL matchup is fascinating too. Like it's oh yeah, the AL matchups are clearly better than the NL matchups in this round. It's gonna be fun. let me ask you let me ask you a random question off of that. Uh, I was driving around last night. I heard somebody call Sports Radio and ask this question: Should Major League Baseball reseed the postseason so that you don't have the two best teams in the American League playing each other in the Yankees and Rays? Well, the Yankees didn't play like the best team in the American second best team in the American League. Um, that is true. Yeah, that is true. Are they the best remaining record? Is that is that what you're alluding to? I think it was more that the A's had a better went, record. They did, but if you went by, I don't think I. Hopefully, I didn't screw this up based on this idiot caller. But I think it was because the Astros are the are the are the the lowest seeded team left. I think that's how he did it. Gotcha. Does that makes sense. Yeah. No, I yeah. I've, I heard from people who thought that the Astros first round thing was, was kind of bogus and that they should have played the Rays in the first round, right? Like the one eight, yes. you know, by record. Um, yep. And I, I can hear that for sure. I mean, that's how the NBA and NHL do it, right? Or at least the NBA. Yes, that is. Yeah. That's how they do it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, like, actually hold on. Like the, the White Sox had a, what, six or seven wins better than the Astros. And they had, you know, a worse first round matchup. So I, I would be for the, the yeah, it's weird from the that start. They, not not after the not you don't have to wait till after the first round. You can do it from the start. 
It's weird. Yeah, it's weird that they give a second place team in a division an advantage over uh, over somebody who is a third place team. That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Anyway, that was just kind of a that was kind of a random thought. I do think that people is that your Saturday night will are, view. Are we giving, getting a picture into your Saturday nights just driving around listening to sports talk radio in, in Houston? <laughs> Yeah, this was not an exciting Saturday <laughs> night for me. So, no, I'll put it. It was not an exciting Saturday. That was my first random question. My second one is, do you think there is more pressure on the A's to win this series as opposed to the Astros? Hmm. I think there's a good amount of pressure on both teams. And really every team, once you get to the final eight, um, you know, every game is on national TV. It's MLB playoffs. It's a big deal. Yeah, I, I think you could look at it both ways. Like the A's have, were had the better season; they were the division champion. If they lost this round, it wouldn't look so great for them. But you know, at the same time, the nation is rooting against the Astros. That comes there's pressure associated to you know everything to do with with the Astros right now, also, right? Yes, I mean it, it seems like Correa put a, put a little pressure on them with with the things that he said after last week. It was almost like, while I can appreciate the the emotion and and what he said was was interesting about whatever he was going to say now that they're here, but it's like <laughs> you only won two games against Minnesota. Like full credit, it's on the road. Minnesota was the better team uh, for the shortened season, but it, it's one thing if he had said that and the Astros had the Astros had won this series, and then they were like in the ALCS against the Yankees, then I think the quote is kind of appropriate. <laughs> but I think it was a little, I think it was jumping the gun a little bit based on only two wins. Yeah, you think? Uh, <laughs> I mean, like the Marlins <laughs> advanced too. Like, what are, what are we going to say about them? Uh, <laughs> yeah, what, what, what are you going to say now about the Marlins? What are you going to say now about Derek Jeter and the Marlins? Yeah, yeah. Um, good for Trey Hillman, by the way, former Astros bench coach who was on their staff. Yes. Um, I think there's more pressure on the A's because it's a franchise that's been, you know, under Billy Bean, generally pretty good, but just has the complete inability for whatever reason to come through in the postseason. I don't even think it's the way they build their team. I think a lot of it, it's luck, like Minnesota having bad luck. For sure. And so I, I, I kind of feel, I kind of feel bad. I kind of feel good for them that they won that game three against the White Sox because it would have been another Twins kind of situation in Oakland had they had they lost that game three. They were able to come through, and I just think, you know, they're gonna lose guys off of this team. I think Marcus Simeon's a free agent. You mentioned Liam Hendricks. They don't have much money or they claim to not have much money. They don't have many much revenue. And so they're constantly sh- sort of changing over the roster. And so the team, I still think they're in pretty solid shape the next year or two, but this is the kind of team that needs to capitalize now. And I feel bad on this note that they do not have Matt Chapman in this series. Yeah. You'd like to see both teams at full strength. Um, yeah, same would go with the Astros. Verlander, Jordan. It's, uh, you know, and the A's also lost A.J. Puck uh, early in the year, who was supposed yes. to be a big part of their pitching staff. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think there's always, like, we, we tend to think of it as more pressure on the favorite in general. But I, I do think there's a good amount of pressure on both teams this series. Um, and to your point, both teams, it's kind of a last hurrah of sorts. You know, the Astros have Brantley and Springer becoming free agents. The A's have Semyon, Hendricks, Grossman, Canna. There's a bunch. I don't think, I don't think, I'm not sure everyone realizes how many free agents they have, too. Um, You know, they're going to be good as long as Olsen and Chapman are there, but, you know, uh, they have some work. They'll have some work to do in the offseason as well. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, yeah, in terms of pressure, I, I think the pressure 
is on individual players and, and every pitch. And, um, you know, there's probably yeah. more pressure on the Astros hitters than there is the Astros pitchers, for example, right? Like, I think that's fair. I mean, if I was... If I were the Astros, I, I would try to mentally approach this like the A's have more pressure on them because the A's haven't had a lot of postseason success, unlike Houston, and they've been the much better team, and yet the Astros now find themselves on even ground in a neutral site situation in a DS. But, you know, there is also the fact that in a month or so, you know, we're not going to likely see George Springer, especially, or Michael Brantley in an Astros uniform, and it's going to be a different looking team next season. So it will be the last hurrah with these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's it's going to be interesting just to see how different each of these teams look next year, you know, because they're probably still going to enter next season as the favorites in the two best teams in the AL West again, unless the A's, I would Angels think so. find yeah. like pitching miraculously somewhere. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you could see some of the current, I don't think, you know, Springer or Brantley go to the A's, but like you could see a current A on the Astro for, you could, you could see turnover there too. So, um, I'm getting ahead of myself, but yeah, there's a lot of free agents on both teams. There are, let's do this, uh, series predictions. So you and I were both wrong last week. We both had the twins winning in three. I'll go first on this one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pick the A's in five. I keep I mentioned this like I keep thinking the last three or four days like what what interesting stats angles can I come up with on this series and, and it's really hard because I, I think everything's pretty much known the A's come in as the better team they've got uh, the better bullpen a more consistent lineup I'm not as sure about their starting pitching and I'll say you know neutral site versus playing at the Oakland Coliseum that's an advantage for the Astros particularly because Houston has not hit in Oakland this year they played a lot of road games against the A's as Jake you mentioned. I think ultimately the bullpen and I just think, first of all, I don't know that I can sit here and assume that McCullers, Valdez, Granke, and Urquidy are all going to pitch really well, go deep into games, and they won't need to use a lot of guys. I think the Astros, I think the odds are one or two of those starts doesn't go as well as Dusty Baker and James Click hope that they have to go deeper into the bullpen than they want to in two or three games. And because of my belief in the A's bullpen itself, and the A's bullpen against the Astros lineup, I will pick the A's in five. I'd be really surprised if this was a sweep in either direction. I think this will be a, as you mentioned, I think it's going to be a low-scoring, pretty long series, as long as you can go in a best of five. And I think the A's ultimately win in five because of that bullpen edge. Is it a cop-out? And this is a general question for predictions. Is it a cop-out prediction to, to always predict the furthest uh, series length? So, for instance, we both picked twins in three. We're both about to pick A's in five. What if, I, <laughs> yeah. like, should, it's more of a risk. It's more of, you're taking, you're taking more of a stand or, or more going out of, more of a limb you if are. you say A's in four, which I did toy with. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I, <laughs> I agree with you, A's in five, which means that neither of us can win this, this uh, picking uh, on the podcast. Yeah. But, yeah, I think A's in five, I think, like I said before a couple of times, close games, low scoring. Uh, I think it's going to be that back and forth. Um, I just think ultimately the A's are the better team. And um, I don't really, you know, I see the A's getting just enough hits to win. I don't, I don't see the Astros offense being the 2019 Astros offense all of a sudden. That makes sense. Yeah. To me, if, if you convince me that the Astros are going to start hitting like the names of the, on the back of the jerseys say, then I'd have more confidence they win. But I don't think that's suddenly going to change all of a sudden. I, I, I will agree with you that, 
picking the the longest length is probably a cop out because if we if one of us were to say A's in four, then not only are you saying the A's are going to win, but then they have to have to do it in four games. Yeah. So I think that's a fair take by you. Like if you say A's in four, and then the Astros win game one, you're you're not feeling too good about your pick. Uh, exactly. Pretty yes. early in the series, well, this leaves you more yeah. wiggle room to feel better about your pick longer in the series. Yeah, with our pick, basically, we we can't really feel bad about her for a while. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. we'll see what happens this week. Yeah, and we'll have to figure out when we want to reconvene and, and discuss uh, the action to date for the next podcast because we usually, you know, the playoffs have kind of thrown a wrench in our, our normal schedule here, but we usually tape Thursdays and all these afternoon games, it doesn't leave us a huge, uh, super long shelf yes. life for these episodes. So we'll have to figure that out later in the week when we want to talk about the first few games or the whole series or we'll kind of play that one by ear, yeah. I think. We're going to play it by ear. Make sure you follow us uh, on Twitter. We'll let, we'll let you know. I, I, I would think that if there's a sweep by either side that we'll, we'll go on Thursday morning and discuss what that looks like. Uh, if it's 2-1 in either direction, we'll see. So we're going to kind of keep it fluid depending on how this series goes the next couple of days. Yeah, it's, it should be, uh, should be a fun week. Uh, it is a weird dynamic that it's like the full work week, just Monday to Friday, every day Exactly. Game, every day. Yes. Um, but yeah, rate and review us. Productivity... <laughs> Yeah, product. I was just going to say productivity in Houston is probably set to go down this week, if I had to guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I would probably tend to agree with you, especially with the weather this nice, too. It's like when you're not outside, you're watching the game. It's great. Um, but yeah, rate and review us on Apple if you haven't already, and uh, subscribe to The Athletic. Uh, you can do it through our podcast and get a, a $1 a month deal at theathletic.com slash Crawford Talks. That's theathletic.com slash Crawford Talks. And take advantage of that $1 uh, per month deal while it lasts. Make sure you take advantage of that offer, and we hope you enjoy the playoff games over the course of the week. It should be a lot of fun. And again, we'll be back. Fluid situation Thursday or Friday. We will uh, let you know. Enjoy your week of the American League Division Series.